Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Good morning to you. How you doing today on this Friday morning? Praise God. This is prayer school. I'm Pastor Bruce. Both my wife and I, we pastor here at Birthed Family Church. And so we're uh, so pleased and happy and honored to have you a part of this morning's broadcast. Let's go ahead and get our Bibles out. Let's approach the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Now, Father, I, I thank you for this moment in time. We have the opportunity to listen and, and to put ourselves under the sound of your voice. We thank you, Lord, that all scripture is God-breathed, that your life was breathed into these words that have been penned and written down. And when we hear those words and when we believe those words and when we begin to act in the light of those words, your life your light, your power begins to create your will in our life. And so, Father, we sit at your feet, just as the disciples sat at the feet of Jesus as he taught them how to pray. Lord, we want to pray the way that you have made available to us to pray. And so we're listening. We're looking for ways to apply what you say in your word and incorporate it into our prayer life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, good morning. This is prayer school, and it's the purpose of these classes to emphasize prayer, what prayer is, how to pray, how to align ourselves with God and be a part of what he's doing on the earth and there are different types, there's different kinds, or I use the example that, that, that the different kinds of prayer are like different tools. Each tool is designed to do a particular job. And so you can't just throw all prayer into one basket and say prayer is prayer. No, there's different prayer uh, tools, different types of prayer that we use for the need that we have in that moment that we're soliciting God to uh, bless us in the fulfillment and the meeting of that need. And so we've gotten to the type of prayer that we are praying for others. It's important for us to, to come to the realization is that there's many people around us, they don't know how to communicate uh, with God. Sure, they, they believe in God, they may even be born again, they may even be church goers, but they really haven't been fed or taught on the principles of prayer from the Bible. And they, they just see prayer as just when you have a need, you lift it up to God and you just, you know, hope that he's going to meet that need. And really, that's not prayer at all. Truth be told, God is not moved by our needs. I want that to sink in a little bit. God is not moved by our need. And the reason I say that is that 
he saw what our need was without Christ. And he saw all the needs that you and I would uh, require uh, in this life. And so he's already provided all those needs through Jesus Christ. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that's by having a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. So he, he isn't moved because you have a need. When he sees you having that need, he's being reminded of how he already met that need through Jesus Christ. You see, there's more that has to be done on our side of the ledger than what God has to do. You see, the simple teaching of religion and a religion that is just full of man's ideas is they they depict God as being in all control and he's like this puppeteer and he's just he's just running everything on the earth and we know that that's not true because there's a stark difference between what's happening here on the earth and what's happening right now in heaven there, there, there are two distinct and different environments and the reason they're different is because God is in complete control of heaven and he's not here on the earth He's had to establish his kingdom on the earth through man with what Jesus did for us. And so prayer has more to do with us than it does with God. We've got to find out how to approach him with this covenant that we have with him through Jesus Christ and how to pray. And so that's why all prayer is prayed to the Father in Jesus' name. All prayer is based upon the word of God and all prayer is based on us believing that he's hearing us and he's responding to us because we are in faith and because we are lifting up to him his word and so right now we're talking about what the bible calls intercessory prayer and that's a little blind to us many people don't really really understand what that that old english word means but it just simply is defining is praying for others and as I began to say, there's a lot of those people in our life that do not legitimately know how to pray to God. They don't know how to get answers from God simply because they haven't been taught. And so God is looking for people around them that do know how to pray and that we can begin to pray for someone else and be that one that's in uh, what we call in the gap between is filling the gap between that person and God that will pull the two together. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. And you and I can do it for others when we pray for them. Now, we've been looking at the, the prayers of uh, Ephesians. We call them the Ephesians prayer. And there's one prayer there in chapter 1, beginning in verse 17, on down through the end of that chapter. There's another one there in chapter 3 of Ephesians, beginning in that 14th verse all the way to the end of the chapter. And many times when we pray for individuals, we pray for their natural needs. Oh Lord, protect them. Uh, oh Lord, heal their body. Oh Lord, supply their financial need. Many times we're praying for that pertaining to this temporary realm of, uh, of the physical, those things that can be seen and, and perceived by our physical senses. And that is important for us. 
but we mustn't not neglect their spiritual needs. Understand that when you help someone to receive what God has for them, spiritually speaking, then you're helping them for all eternity. And that makes praying for their spirit uh, vitally important for them. All of us remember what it was like before Christ. And we thought that our body was us. We thought that this world was all that there was. And so we had to get as much out of this world as we could, you know, to be successful and, and to feel like we've, you know, accomplished something while on the earth. But then when we had, when we began our relationship with Christ, we found out that we aren't this body that's getting older. We're not this body that's going to be buried in the ground after our spirit leaves our body. We are eternal spirits. And... I dare say that, that most individuals, I should say the majority of individuals on the earth, and the majority of those who profess themselves to be uh, Christians, born-again believers, really don't have the, the reality of them being an eternal spirit, that this person on the outside is not them. We are eternal spirit beings. When we receive Christ as our Savior, we experienced a spiritual birth. Our body was unchanged and our mind was unchanged. That's because it was the part of our man, our spirit man, our inner man, the hidden man of our heart was the part of us that was resurrected and became like God. And so it's important for us when we're considering those that maybe have natural needs, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously the Lord wants you to pray about those needs that they have in that natural physical realm but you also need to pray for their inner man so they can begin having a relationship with God from their from that place where they believe and where they trust and where they have a dependency on him than the feelings and the emotions and the thoughts of our outer man and so we read those two prayers. I think we spent at least uh, two sessions on the Ephesians prayer. And again, I encourage everybody, every, every believer to pray these prayers consistently for yourself and to pray it for your loved ones, especially those that are having trouble with a relationship with the Lord. Many times the reason they are having a problem with their relationship with the Lord is because they're trying to relate to him with their feelings. They're trying to relate uh, to him with their intellect and uh, their, did I say, and their experience. And that's not how you relate to God. You relate to him from the knowledge of his word. You see, the word of God contains his thoughts. And so when you begin to fill your heart with the understanding of how God thinks, then we begin to think like him. And then on that, we'll start believing like him and we'll start acting like him. And that's when the goodness of God has the ability to overtake our life. And we are just blessed in every realm, every area of our life. And so we read from Ephesians this morning. I want you to see that there's more than the Ephesians prayer in the New Testament that we can be praying for others. I want you to go on over to Colossians and uh, go on over there in chapter 1. Now understand that there are multiple 
uh, prayers that we can be praying for others from the Word of God. And they give us a foundation for our faith to be effectual, to begin allowing God's will to begin having an influence on those in whom we're praying for. Remember, you can't pray and directly receive for someone else. There are times that you can do that for children living in your home. And there are times that God will allow you to do that for baby Christians. I remember um, my mentor in the faith, Kenneth E. Hagan, he's who trained my wife and myself for ministry as we went to his Bible school years ago. And he relayed to us students that he was able to pray and receive for his relatives one time. That because the Lord is gracious, you know, to those who haven't had the opportunity to grow into things of God, God is willing to allow them to receive through someone else so they can begin to see God at work. But then from that point, they had to begin being a part of that exchange and receiving from the Lord. If nothing else, being in agreement with someone that's praying for them. So understand that you can't pray directly and receive directly for someone else. And that's because they have to choose to receive from the Lord according to their will. I was going to let you know that we are a part of God's creation in that we're different than all the rest, whether it be natural things that are, he's made or spirit beings that he has created. He, he gave us the, the choice, the, the ability to choose. He gave us the liberty to have a personal will. And God cannot violate our will. He can't give us something that we don't will to receive. That's why salvation, you have to call upon the Lord to receive. You're, by calling upon him, your will is engaged to receive what he has for you. And in that, God is able to fulfill you calling upon him and coming into your life and resurrecting you. And so I want you to understand that you can't pray and change a person's will. It's, it's so vitally important because a lot of times we'll make legitimate prayers for someone else. We'll, we'll have our faith released for them to receive that. And for one reason or another, they don't receive. And we, we, we're baffled by that. But we shouldn't be. You and I can't decide for another any more than God can decide for someone else. So when you begin praying for someone else and they're, they're no longer a baby Christian, they, they've had time or opportunities that is the, the better way of saying it. They've had the opportunity to grow in the things of God and for whatever reason, uh, they, they did not do that. They didn't grow in the Lord. Well, they're now responsible to have some part 
in receiving from the God, from, from God. And so when you're praying for them, there's an influence that comes on them. There's an understanding that comes on them. And potentially what you're praying for them to have is right there for them to take it. But they have to also cooperate to a certain degree in order to have it become a part of their life. And so we need to understand that. That's why we pray over and over for the same people asking for the same thing. It's like you're pushing away the darkness away from the truth of God's light. And in that day that you pray for them, you move that back and you give them opportunity to see that, to understand that, to embrace that. And then the next day, guess what? That darkness comes back because they're still yielding to it. They're still accepting it. They're still believing it. And so that's why intercessory prayer or praying for someone else is, is the, the, a prayer that we have to be patient with, we have to be consistent with, we have to be diligent with, and allow them to come to that place, what the Bible calls the, the valley of decision. Have them come to that place where they, they knowingly make a decision for what God has for them. Amen? That's, that's why this is a, a type of prayer that not everybody's praying. Because you do have to make a commitment. You have to be consistent. And sometimes it gets repetitious and that can be a little frustrating. But hey, guess what? Someone prayed like that for me. I'm so glad they didn't get frustrated. I'm so glad they didn't stop. I'm so glad that they hung in there, that they kept lifting me up in light of the word before, before the Lord. And then I went through this process of change, this process of seeing glimpses of light and started being drawn to it. It took several months when I had a group of intercessors, a group of prayers that were praying for me, for me finally to get to that place and see what he was giving to me and then reached out and took it. Hallelujah. And God's looking for someone like that, someone like you who knows how to pray, to pray for those around you. And it may be your children, your grandchildren, your siblings, your parents, your grandparents. It may be your neighbor. It may be, uh, you know, a, <laughs> a co-worker. It could be that lady at the, at the Walmart that's ahead of you in the line at the checkout. When we begin willing to pray for others, the Lord will start showing us people to pray for. Hallelujah. Now let's get to this Colossians prayer. And again, what I'll endeavor to do, at least in a, in a small way, is make you and I mindful of prayers that we can pray from the Word of God. And that way you know that you're praying the will of God. And if it's the will of God, then it's something very necessary for God to have uh, brought up before him so he has permission to come to the earth in a greater way and manifest his plans and his ways and his will. Now go over to Colossians chapter 1. Woohoo! I like this prayer as much as I like the Ephesians prayer. 
Now, I'm going to read three verses here, and then we'll kind of go down and, and break it down, and then we'll pray this uh, for someone else. In fact, this is another one of those prayers that it would be a good idea for you and I to be praying this for ourselves on a regular basis. And you'll see why here in a moment. So, verse 9, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking uh, to the church at Colossae, and he says, For this cause we also. So he's talking about his, dare I say, entourage, his, his inner circle, those people that are around him, helping him in ministry. He says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, or heard about these individual believers at this church, we do not cease to pray for you. Now, we just got done talking about how we have to be diligent, how we have to be consistent, how we have to be even uh, repetitive uh, in praying similar prayers uh, for other individuals. Notice what he says here, we do not cease to pray for you. And so he's saying that that himself and his team have purposely decided they were going to pray for this group of believers consistently and they're not going to stop. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's what you call dedication. That's what you call seeing the big picture. See, a lot of times we don't like to pray for others because we don't like the way they're living. We don't like how they treated us. We don't like this. We feel this way. We feel that way. How many of you know that that has nothing to do with it? No, we, we pray for them in their current state because it wasn't too long ago you and I were in that same situation. We were unlovable and didn't deserve a thing. We got to be careful that we put ourselves above others. Ouch, I know that that hurts because we we all have a tendency to do it, do that because of our human side of our being that can be a little prideful, can be judgmental, can think that we've got it all going on and uh, we don't. Well, let me say it this way. I don't. I got so many areas that need work on. Well, we wouldn't have time enough to discuss it in this, the hours left on this, in this day. And so I got to be careful that when I'm looking at someone else, I'm just looking at someone that just hasn't, that had an opportunity or hasn't taken the opportunity to grow in the things of God. We may just be a little bit ahead of them, but, but, we need to see their potential. We've got to see what God has had planned for them and has planned for them. And that we want to be a part of this process of getting them to see it, to get them to embrace it, to get them to begin walking it out. Praise God. So this is a tremendous opportunity. That's why when you're praying for someone else, you've got to allow the compassion of God in you and of who you are and of whom you serve to allow that compassion to be the motivator of you praying for them. 
Glory to God. So he says, we do not cease to pray for you. And now he's, he's saying that because of the desire they have for them, that this desire is now fueling this prayer for them. He says, we desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Whoa. That's, that's powerful. You know what it's like when you were just, you were going through life and you were just going through life. You were just trying to keep your nose above water. You were just going through, doing your thing, right? Bouncing around. But when you began to get the knowledge of God's plan, that's what his will is. It's that plan for our life. You see, God does everything on purpose for a purpose. He created this whole ball of dirt as part of his plan for you. He knew that you, you needed something nice to look at when you're driving your car down the road. So he put these 14ers out here, these mountains that are over 14,000 feet. <coughs> so you can look at it and go, oh. <laughs> it has a plan for us. It's a purpose for us. And so when you began to see God's will and God's plans for you, you saw that you wanted that more than what you had embraced as the plan that you desired and wanted for your life. And you made a wise trade. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this is what you're praying when you're praying this prayer for someone else. You're asking that they be filled with the knowledge or the understanding or the perception or the knowing of God's will. I mean, that is, a, that is a powerful prayer to pray for somebody. I pray that you would have the understanding and that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will for your life. See, when you do that for someone else, then that begins to influence them by the Holy Spirit. He begins moving on them and beginning to to reveal those things that are already in their hearts, that things that maybe they had heard years ago, to bring it back to the remembrance and, and encounters they've had with God that, that, that it just starts to come to the forefront and brought to their attention. And you pray that every day for somebody, glory to God. They're, they're, they're going to trip over the will of God and go, wow, I, get, I see it, I see it, I see it. It's going to be one of those aha moments. <laughs> Glory to God. And he says, so I want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. And then it says, in all wisdom, talking about heavenly wisdom, talking about biblical wisdom, this book is the wisdom of God. And it takes the help of the Holy Spirit to get us to, dare I say, interpret it or to convert it from that which is natural and known to something that is received by a revelation in our spirit, by the Holy Spirit. That you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom, and it says spiritual understanding. 
You see, you're in praying this prayer, and as we mentioned last time in praying the Ephesians prayer, you're praying for their inner man. You're praying for who they are for all eternity. You see, we're all eternal spirit beings. We originally received our spirit from God, and that was, that was put in our mother's womb. And you see that over in Hebrews chapter 12. So you're praying for their inner man. But it's got to come down through their mind. And that's why there's this process of getting that mind to open up to the place where it allow, allows that revelation knowledge to get down in their hearts. And when you begin to, where it begins to take root and, and have an impact on our decision making. Now in verse 10, you're praying for this individual. I'm praying that you would walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So that means that you, in verse 9, you receive the knowledge of his will. But here in verse 10, you're praying that they would apply that knowledge. How I many of you know that knowledge is worthless unless we apply it, unless we do it? unless we act upon it. Like I have the knowledge that eating food will keep me from starving to death. I have the knowledge of that. But if I don't apply that knowledge, if I don't eat food, then the knowledge that I have of eating food will do me no good. You have to have knowledge that you're, that you're walking out or applying or doing. And so here in verse 10, you're praying that they be motivated to begin applying this knowledge they're receiving. That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, and that you would begin producing fruit for the kingdom of God. And really, that's the, the, the little secret that many of us haven't discovered yet. We're not on this earth to receive all of, just to receive all of God's blessings. We're not on this earth and having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ just so we can go to heaven. No, God has a plan for our life, and he wants to be a part. He wants us to be a part of his spiritual body on the earth and be a part of that body that is executing and performing the will of God on the earth so others will have an opportunity to become a part of that kingdom. And so he's saying that I want you to apply this knowledge that you begin producing fruit for the kingdom of God. You begin serving the Lord. You begin representing the Lord. Hallelujah. In every good work, in everything that you do. Hallelujah. While increasing in the knowledge of God. Now he talks about strengthening the inner man. This is very similar to what we saw over there in Ephesians 3. Uh, down in the uh, below the 14th verse you know strengthen with might that you be given the spirit of might how many of you know that our spirit needs to be strengthened it has to become strong so it can begin to dominate uh, our mind and our body and so that we begin making decisions from the inside instead of making decisions from the outside. I'm asking in verse 11 that you would be strengthened with all might. 
This is again talking about the inner man having a spirit of might in our inner man according to his glorious power that you would then have all patience and that you would be long-suffering at the same time being joyful. It's interesting that there's, there, there, are, there is fruit in terms of being patient. There is fruit in terms of being long-suffering is that you know that in doing that, you'll continue to create the will of God. And that's why you're joyful. That's why you're happy. See, a lot of us think patience is just, uh, just, just waiting for something that's sooner or later this is going to happen. That's not godly patience. <laughs> that's earthly frustration is what that is. No, patience is, is that you know while you're in this time of creating God's will, even though you're not seeing evidence yet, you know that you're a part of that process and it's coming to pass even as you are waiting. So you're patient knowing that you have to give your faith more time to create the desire that you're believing for. And that's why you're joyful. Because you know you're doing it the way God told you to do it. You know that this is just how it gets done. And so you're patiently waiting. Glory to God. And that's what he wants us to do for our praying for others. That you've got to see that this isn't a one and done thing. That you pray one time for this person and all of a sudden, boom, they're completely changed. No, that's not how, that's not realistic. It certainly wasn't that way in our own personal life. And it's certainly not going to be that way for others. You got to get in there and be just, you just want them to have what you have to the degree that you're willing to pay the cost to get her done. And, and so you start releasing your faith for them. You start believing for them. You start just allowing God's light and truth and that which you're praying to come down upon them as the Holy Spirit is now working on them in response to your prayers for them. And as you're doing this day after day, you're patient because you know that this is part of the process and you know it can't come any other way. And so you're just doing it the way God did it and you're just so thankful and happy and joyful because you know what the end result's going to be. Woo! Glory to God. It's worth it. I said it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it to pull up our sleeves and get in there and be a part of what God's doing in the behalf of someone else. So let's pray this prayer. We've been using uh, the name Joe to represent someone that we're praying for. Joe could be someone that the Lord has just put on your heart. J Joe might be somebody that you just see them stumbling through life and you, 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 you want them to get it. You, you want them to, to, to have a deeper relationship with the Lord to where they can start depending on him. To, to supply his needs instead of him, you know, Joe always trying to find someone to help him. You know what I'm saying? So let's pray uh, this Colossians prayer uh, for Joe. And understand that when you pray a prayer for somebody, God's responding to that prayer because you're believing 
what he told you he would do. So understand that God responds to it not because of us as much as he's responding to it because that's the promise he gave us. And he finally found someone that would believe him to fulfill it in someone else's life. And he's going to move. I'm telling you, he's going to move. And a lot of times, that's all some of these people around you need is just someone like you, someone like me, praying for them. Because God wants to, and he's shown us that because of all that he's done through Christ for us. But he has to have our cooperation. And so we're just helping these to see that as they open their heart to God and then reach out for what he has for them. So let's pray this, Ephesians 1, 9 through 11 for Joe. So Father, I thank you right now that as I pray this prayer in Colossians for Joe, that you will respond to him, that you'll begin speaking to him. You'll begin causing him to be drawn to you. And so it's my desire that you would fill Joe with the knowledge of your will. Lord, help him, help him to see that you, that he has, that, that God has him in mind, that God is willing to allow his plans and his purposes to be manifested through Job. And Lord, fill him with this knowledge of your will in all wisdom, in all aspects of it. And Lord, give him, give his spirit the understanding of your will. I pray, Lord, that Joe would begin walking in a way that is worthy unto you, that he would walk in those things that you have him to do, and that in that, that you, you will be pleased. I ask that Joe would be fruitful in in every good work and that Joe would increase in the knowledge of God. Lord, I ask that you would strengthen Joe. Strengthen him. Strengthen him in his inner man, in his spirit with all might according to your resurrection power. That same power that raised Christ from the dead. And Lord, I pray these things with all patience and long-suffering. I pray it with joyfulness, and I thank you right now that you're moving in the behalf of Joe. I thank you for revealing your will to him. I thank you for strengthening him with all my... I thank you for helping him to see how to walk in your light. I claim it now in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, I think you realize is I'm not telling you to pray just like me. Each one of us is a unique personality. And we're all going to pray, not word for word, the same, but we'll pray differently. But even though we may be praying differently, we're basing what we're praying on the Word of God. And that's what we're putting our faith in. I'm not putting my faith in, well, wow, that sounded like a really good prayer. Bruce, you're really getting a hold of it. That was eloquent. That just flowed out of you. That has nothing to do with effectual prayer. You can stumble through a prayer. You, 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 can, you can pause. You can, you know, just wait for the, 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 
the words to come. But as long as you're praying, believing in what God has said is now working in the life of that person, that's what makes that prayer effectual. So, the more we get familiar with his word, the more we can begin praying those prayers in the word for ourselves and for others. And as we put faith and trust in those words that they're coming to pass, those are the prayers that God can respond to and answer. Amen. Well, I'm glad you were with us this morning. I had a good time. I trust you did as well. Let's go ahead and close in prayer, and then we'll see you next time. Father, I thank you for those that are watching this morning. That tells me something about them. Because they could have been do doing all sorts of other things, but they chose to, to notch out this time of their day on this Friday morning to hear from the Word of God. And I'm so thankful that that reveals that they're seeking first the kingdom of God. Therefore, because their heart is towards you, you're able to give them all things that pertain to life and godliness. You said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then you will add all things unto us. I claim that right now for every listener, that you're adding all things to them, and that they are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we appreciate you. We're thankful for you. Remember, you are blessed of the Lord. So you now are a, a possessor of his blessing. Go and share a part of that blessing with someone else today. Amen? It'll be a seed, and it'll bring back good fruit in Jesus' name. Bye-bye.